Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Or if I drop content early, like this week, you're getting uh, you're getting this episode a day early this week. Uh, welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, really excited to... Uh, to, for this episode today, um, it was a collaboration with Craig and Carmine from Crosstown Cardboard Podcast. Uh, we spent the uh, the weekend together at uh, Culture Collision uh, down in Atlanta, and we talked about just getting together and doing an episode. So we came up with this idea, uh, as you can already, already tell by the topic, uh, does traveling to shows make sense? C-E-N-T-S, and you'll hear all about that uh, for the next hour. So uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. I will be back um, Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. It's going to be an early episode because, uh, you know, my Chiefs are in there uh, in that Super Bowl. We have uh, we have a little house party going on. We're going to have people over. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to get this episode out early Sunday morning. So you'll be getting that one a little early as well. Uh, Saturday this weekend, I am going to be setting up at the Garden State uh, show in Secaucus, uh, New Jersey. The last show, I'll be there Saturday. So if you're in that area and you're out and about, uh, definitely come down, say hello, make some deals. That is where I will be. So again, uh, without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. Here we go. Does it really make sense to travel to these shows like all three of us set up at recently at Culture Collision? We were supposed to come out with the third episode on Saturday. We had to reschedule. We posted that on the podcast uh, on our Instagrams, all about the podcast. Not that anybody's devastated. We know life goes on, but we did promise a Saturday episode, didn't meet that promise, so we wanted to let people know. But here we are, Big Ken, Craig, myself, and Craig, how should we introduce our big guest for this episode? Big guest, because he's got a big heart. That's our guy right there, Big Ken. Ken, you, you're pretty well traveled at this point, I would say. You, not only your local shows, but you set up a culture collision. Burbank, did you go to? Nope, not yet. Carmine, not you yet. did. But point is, I think you you went to a show at Fenway recently. Yep. Right? Up in Boston. So going to these shows is expenses, right? Hotels, all that. We're going to get into that. But we just set up together in Atlanta. And whatever it costs, first and foremost, we have so much fun. So <laughs> right. that, like, that, go, that factors into the cost as well. But, Ken, you are one that doesn't really – you prefer to set up as opposed to walk shows. Uh, I do. I do. Lately, I've been walking – you know, more shows, but I do. And I like the protection of a table. I like the refuge, you know, to be able to, when, when the show gets busy, I like to be able to get behind the table, you know, and, uh, and, and 
have that distance between me and the crowd and put my cards out there. But, you know, you, you noticed when we were set up, when it was slow, I was out, you know, running, like we all were out running around. But when it gets busy, you know, I want to be I want to be at the table. But I do I do like the setup. I do like to have a table there. I feel like um, whether whether I'm buying or selling, I feel like I've paid for my place, you know, in this at this show. And and I see a lot of people that show up and do a lot of side deals and stuff. And, and I'm not knocking it because I, I, I do the same thing. But I feel myself. When I pay for the table, I feel I paid for my place at the show. Right, right. So, Big Ken, before we get any further, can you tell Craig and I the nicknames that you have given us in return, please? <laughs> well, we're going right to the nicknames. This, like is, that. This, is the, this is what the people want to know. Yeah, well, you know, we got, we got Carmine being the uh, sports broadcaster. He's big news, right? And we got, we got Craig... Hailing from uh, New York City, right? I, I, you say on Long Island, but you are New York City sports guards. So we got to call you Big City. And you got Big Ken right here in the middle. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And and like you said, Craig, we had so much fun, you know, all setting up together and knowing each other for, you know, at least over a year now that, uh, or, you know, a couple of years almost. Um, so it's you know, just great. I mean, you can't pay for that amount of fun. So like you said, that has to be factored in, but Ken, where would you rent? Like, was it worth it for you to go to culture collision travel from, you know, the Northeast to Atlanta and set up as a dealer? Did it turn out to be worth it financially? Well, let's put it this way. Um, <laughs> when you asked two questions in one right there, you said, was it worth it? And then you add the financial part. On yes, the back but no, only finance. I'm sorry. I'm big news. I'm already not living up to my nickname. I, <laughs> I I just meant the last part financially. I know it's worth it as far as like a fun time and cards and the hobby part. Yeah, yes. and it's you know it's there's so many positives in going. It you know at that show, uh, I probably sold. Now it didn't profit, but I probably sold enough to cover all my expenses. But as you know. Big Ken made a big deal on Instagram on Saturday, um, which, you know, if I included that into the weekend, yeah, it, it, that we, the whole weekend was paid for. Right. And, and I think that's one thing about the hobby. You, you can't, you can't judge just by everything, just by a single show. You can't say, well, I went to this culture collision show was it worth it? Well, who knows? You may have made a contact at Culture Collision that a week later somebody call you and say, "Hey, you had that card." Like, so you don't know. Like, you can't walk away from a show. And I hear people all the time say, "Worst show ever. I'm never doing the show again. This was a horrible show, right?" And and I shake my head because you can't judge in that if it's a one day show and it's eight hours or nine. You can't judge what happens because the people you meet, the connections you meet. And I, I took a picture on Friday of my table set up, right? From a distance, probably six, eight feet away, posted on Instagram. Hey, I'm here. Come make some deals. Somebody saw a card in that, in my case, they had to have zoomed in to find that card in my case and contacted me. And Saturday we made a deal. So if you could say, 
Ken, if you didn't go to Culture Collision, you you know, you could have still sold that card and made all that money. But I would have never posted that picture up and that person saw the picture and at that moment made it, you know. So there's there's so many things that go into it. You can't judge. You can't. Uh, to me, I just can't value a show at the end of the day when I count my money out and say, was this worth it or not? Down the road, I may be able to say, well, maybe a few of those shows, maybe I don't need to do them again. But other shows, I say I'd do them every weekend if I could. Yeah, you, you stole my exact thought. And the card you're talking about, by the way, was the employee exclusive PMG of Hulk Hogan. Yep. So, yeah, valid point. Sure, you made the sale on Instagram. But if you weren't set up, like you said, took a picture of your showcase, maybe that sale doesn't happen. Probably doesn't. You know, and I'm saying that, and and as I'm as I'm sitting here going through it, I almost thought to myself, it's possible somebody walked by and saw the card too, and messaged their friend. You know, because we do yeah. that a lot, right? You see, like if you know, like I, I'm a Trinity Rodman person. If you went somewhere and you saw a big tree, you would take a picture of it and send it to me, right? And I may reach straight out to that person. So a lot of that happens at these shows too, right? Somebody comes up, sees a card in your case, they may take a picture. Somebody else may may contact you the next day, a week later, it's a few days, you know, you never know. It's, that's the great thing about this hobby. There's just, it's like a web, right? And everybody's connected somehow. Yep, totally, 100%. So I'm, I'm really, you know, we, we kind of got our numbers out and no doubt, I mean, I totally agree that it's worth it with, you know, the friendships, the connections, even the learning you know, like the sales or, or future connections, like even Ken, you mentioned on your podcast, Sports Card Lessons, one of our favorites, clearly, along with Cousins Collectibles. But with you mentioning that just by happenstance, the table next to where we were set up had Trinity Rodman, one of your PC, you know, soccer stars. And you walk around, you see all these cards in one room that you're, it's not like you got to go through people's Instagram stories and hope that you can... It's like a conveyor belt of, you know, cards that you can quickly see. Okay, I like that. I don't like that. Like what I have picked up, uh, the Macaulay Culkin and Joe Pesci dual auto, if I didn't just see it in that case and know I had an opportunity to trade for it. So like the reshuffling of your inventory or your PC, there's a million. I don't even know if you can measure how many more opportunities there are to make deals find new interests find cool cards at a show compared to not attending shows like that yeah yeah and then don't forget the trade night right then you yeah. go to trade nights and there's all these other deals happening in a hotel in a hotel lobby at you know for me at 10 o'clock at night but for you at 3 30 in the morning you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you can just approach somebody like i was mentioning uh merle world cards with, uh, you know, good buddies with Dan, the great curator, where else am I going to get the opportunity to say, hey, you know, I heard the great curator talking about on uh, Cousins Collectibles, how he got you into photos. And then you kind of took that and ran with it with these type one photos. And can you break down for me the differences with the types of photos, why some are worth more, how old they are? He went, we talked for like 45 minutes and, and he basically schooled me on the whole tangent niche of photos that I had no idea about 
you know, really at all. I knew type one was the oldest, you know, and the most desirable. But other than that, I couldn't tell you anything else. And I got to get that education, that learning part of being worth it to travel to a big show like that when that would have been an impossible scenario otherwise. So, and I think just being out there and having your finger on the pulse of what's going on, like, you know, you get it. We all know, like people will start coming up to the table and asking for the same player. Like all of a sudden you start to see that it shows like people asking for certain players or asking for certain things or see people picking up a lot of the same stuff. And you start to me, I start to say, okay, little light bulbs are going off. I see what's going on. Like, like a player that is starting to get hot or people are starting to ask about, like, we always say, if somebody says, start collecting somebody, it's too late. Right. So these, (laughs) this is, this is where like, I start to get a lot of these ideas because I'm just listening to what other people are saying and I'm listening to what they're asking for. And and I, I, I don't think you get that kind of insider information um, by being on Instagram and, and Facebook and things like that. I, I really think you need to be at the shows, you know, talking with people and interacting with people to, to get that kind of information. Yeah. It's human capital, human capital, as we always talk about yeah. human capital. Ken, so, you know, you, yeah, go on. No, I was just curious what your numbers are as far as like your cost, your travel, because you guys had to fly to culture collision you know, and I got to drive two and a half hours. So that's also a difference, you know, flying real far to a destination show, traveling a decent amount and then traveling next door, 15 minutes down the road. I'm probably not the best example for culture collision because flights were paid for with points and my father-in-law lives in Atlanta. So I had a place to stay, but even so I accounted for flights, no, sorry, fl- not flights because flights was points. Table fee, had to buy the showcase, Ubers here and there. And even so, we're talking $353. Yeah, wow. You know? So factor in, if there was hotel for a couple nights and flights, we're talking probably another $500, so $700, $800. You factor that in, is that worth it for you? And I think it, I, I like talking about the numbers. And the fact that we talk about the numbers on here actually came back to bite me in the ass on the deal today which we have to talk about. We have to mention on the end of the show. Are you going to start censoring yourself now? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm true to myself. So that's always the thing you have to worry about. You start talking about your numbers and then you try to make a deal. And people are like, the listeners are like, no, no, no. I know you only paid 200 for that card. And you're like, Oh boy, here we go. (laughs) It was a, it it was a good story, but we'll save that for later. But anyway, you consider if I had to pay for those things, right? $800 all in. Ooh. Now, I, I like talking about this because I think we represent the average person who doesn't really do this full time, but like they want to try something different, go to a new show. What's it going to cost them? For me, if it were to cost, I had to pay all that. Yeah. You know, when I factor in the sales that I made, that hopefully covers half of that. Not to mention, like you said, the education you get from just being there. And I think if you're someone that transacts the way we do, just closing a deal, big or small, buy, sell, trade, doesn't matter. It's a rush, right? I think that's why we all <laughs> like this, right? Right. Yeah. No, the fact that right. the fact that you are agreeing on a financial cost with another stranger and you're connecting over something like is pretty cool. And the fact that I was able to close 28 deals in two days—that's a lot of you know excitement. So yeah, yeah, easily worth the cost for me. And we got to see yeah. Luca drop 73. Yes, <laughs> that was definitely <laughs> worth the cost of what was that? Forty-five dollars. Yes, what I'm saying. 
That was our cheapest thing all show. That was cheaper than a big steak dinner with Big Ken. I'll tell you that much. Well, what did that run yeah, us, Kenny? A piece like 75, 85, 100? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably with oh, tip yeah. around 100 each. Yeah, well, yeah, it was worth well, it. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I had but, that for breakfast you know, the, the next day. <laughs> these are the things, too, that, that we don't talk about going to shows, you know, because, you know, you want to go, you want to go to the bar and have a couple drinks, right? Nobody's adding that to the bottom line. You want to go to the restaurant and say, hey, let's treat ourselves to a nice steak dinner, you know, like something like that. Those are the things like I don't put that on. And then there's some, some surprises. When I got to the airport, um, I had to Uber back and forth and it was like $48 each way from the airport to the hotel. But once I got to the hotel, I didn't have to go anywhere. Right. Yeah, that was it. It was two two Uber trips versus you go fly somewhere else to a hotel and you got to Uber back and forth to the venue. You know, so I, I think that that stuff kind of evens itself up. I mean, for me, with airfare and um, and the hotel was, you know, right around six hundred dollars, I think. Um, and then what did you say? One fifty something for is, you know, the table, you know, and the and the badges. So I'm at what? Seven fifty. Another hundred dollars for Ubering, eight fifty. You know, so you figure like you know nine hundred, a thousand dollars. You know, for 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 something like that. Now, if this was truly, and I'm I'm going to say truly a business, and it is a business for all intent and purposes. But if we were really looking, you know, at the bottom lines to this, you would say, look, every card I sold. I mean, I've seen that notebook in your pen there. I see you writing, and I know. When you're selling cards, you're writing, this is what I paid for. And this is, you know, so when you're selling a card, yeah. So say you sell a card for $50, you have to go in and figure out was $12. My profit on that was $14. And if you sell a card for 300 was, you know, what was my profit on that? $30, right? Something like that. Well, that's what you would have to calculate your profit from those cards. And that would have to equal up to the 12 or $1,300. So you really need to be selling an awful lot of cards or some big cards with a lot of room, you know, with a lot of profit built into it. So now we say, okay, there's, for me, there's an entertainment expense, right? So (laughs) (laughs) I do things that I don't say I'm going to take that out because it's like when I go to a movie, right? I go to the movie theater and I have some popcorn and I watch a movie. I leave. I don't say like I, I, I left with nothing. This was a terrible thing. No, I mean, I paid for that entertainment. And that's the same with going to a show. Part, mo- some of this is an entertainment purposes. Like, I love the hobby and I love going there, but I kind of like traveling too. So I got to go to Atlanta. I'd never been to Atlanta before. So I got to go there. I got to meet people that I knew were going to be there that said, hey, I'm going to come see you and other people who just came to the table. So that's a whole entertainment part of it too. So I will never sit there with my pen and paper and say, you know, Yes, yes, I, I profited from this and I didn't. I like to go to these shows and I'm selling cards, right? And the money just keeps dropping back in. I just keep rotating it back into the hobby, whether it's into my PC or it's more inventory. You know, I lately I've been doing some trading and getting, you know, getting some cards and some cash for a bigger card, you know, like just things like that. Just, you know, making different moves in the hobby. And, and it's it's working. I'm never reaching into my pocket you know, to say, oh, I need to fund something because there's hobby money available for that. But on the other hand, I'm also 
reaching in my pocket because I'm putting out more for some entertainment. You know, if I'm going out for a nice meal, I would do that at home. I would do that Saturday night at home. I would go out for a nice steak dinner. Right. So why, why am I going to put that on the trip? Like I need to make this money back from out of cards. No, I don't because it's a, I would be doing that anyways, whether I'm on the road hobbying or I'm home, you know, here, here at home. Well said, listen, going to a, going to a card show is like going on vacation. Listen, I love going to the beach more than anyone. Nothing I'd rather be on like a Island somewhere with my wife on the beach, but what is a vacation? At the end of the day, it's an escape from reality, right? So you're paying for a vacation, basically. Hang with your friends, yeah. playing with cards. You're paying for a vacation just like you would pay for a vacation to the beach. It's yeah. definitely a hobby vacation. And by the way, Craig, if you took a vacation to an island, you would find a card shop there because you've uh -oh. done that before. Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii, my honeymoon. I seeked out two different card opportunities. That's how we roll. Yeah, and I love what you said. Shout out to my wife. I know. She's not listening. She but she gave, you, she gave you 45 minutes in the card store, right? Worth it. Worth it. I mean, that that's that's the hobby symbiosis you need. Every big person in the hobby had a big woman to support them. I think that's I think that's fair to say. <laughs> All right. So we got no comment from the uh, fellas here. OK, so the entertainment expense, like what I was saying um, with that. That is so spot on because the whole thing, you know, with the hobby, like I want to have as much entertainment as possible. You know, as long as you're not losing your shirt over the hobby and you're financially responsible, like how you're in it, how much money, like you said, Ken, you're not taking personal money or money you need to live and using that for cards. Like the person who made our culture collision honorable mention team, the unfortunate gambler who needed money out of Craig, and he gladly gave him 30% comps. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, that that's huge. And I think also when you travel to a card show and you set up as a dealer, you have so many interactions with people that you get like a decent feel for the city. You know, like you were saying, you never went to Atlanta before, but how many people from the Atlanta area probably came up to our table and we got into conversations with them. We got a feel for like, you know, and I felt like I met so many Atlanta people compared to like, if I took a trip to Atlanta and saw some sites also. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, you got more conversation, more out of more, more, more people FaceTime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. than normally you would have, cause even, even if you go out, like sometimes I'm going to these shows and I'm staying, I'm, I'm by myself. And if I go, I say, okay, I'm going to go, go say to a bar and eat dinner or whatever on a Saturday night, you know, on the weekend, I'm away at a show. I'll just start talking to whoever I can around me, you know, just to get, you know, you know, just, just, just some people time in, like, you know, just find out, you know, the people who you are and where you're from. And sometimes they're local, sometimes they're traveling, but yeah, I mean, sometimes I think that's, that's like half the fun of getting out and traveling and going, even if it's not to these shows, just to those areas and going out and seeing. And like Craig said, like, just like being on vacation, even when I go on vacation, I strangely find a lot of people to talk to <laughs> mm -hmm. and and you get to include things like you know ken we were mentioning the the steak dinner and then you know walking around downtown a little bit and going to the hawks game with craig like you get to do things that you wouldn't normally you know be able to do and the connection piece too like you know we were mentioning this card that i got the willis reed the captain inscription on the first year notable nicknames now i have a connection with jeff's cards 
a New York City legend in the card game. Saw him and today. I can you saw him today. Okay. We talked about that very card. Really? What did yeah. you guys say? We he was we were just talking about the deal. He didn't realize how much I liked that card as well, but he was set up today at the Bleaker trading event. Okay. But I told him, but I told him, listen, I'm happy if, if, if it's anyone's collection, it's with you. Yeah. Thanks, bro. It Let's was funny see it. To... Put put it up nice and close. You want, you want to see it again? Willis Reed, the captain. That's the uh, notable nicknames. 2010 National Treasures. Yep. Right? Yep. And it's numbered at a 99, but really they hardly ever come up. I mean, people did, really did collect you these. this card away from Craig? Do I do I feel some? No, no. Some I had friction. my chance at the show. I laid my eyes on it, and I could have made a play, and I didn't. Yeah. He who hesitates is lost. Yeah. It's created a crosstown cardboard controversy. And uh, we're trying to mend the fence. Actually, if we have to admit, that's why we had to push the episode back a few days because me and Craig had the controversy very public. No, I'm just kidding. No, we were <laughs> we were completely fine. It was a scheduling. It was a conflict, not a controversy. Yeah. But I totally agree. I mean that that connection with Jeff's cards. Now I know what his showcase looks like. I already made a deal with them. And Craig, <laughs> you know, like you said. Putting the money out there, exchanging money with somebody, that's like one of the quickest ways to make a strong-ish connection or at least, you know, you have enough trust in the other person. And now I can message him at any time and he's, you know, swiping up on my stories with the fire emoji, you know, and now we're like going back and forth. And I know he has cool stuff. So just finding, I mean, literally that one person that now I can go to and say, like, what do you have, you know, or do you still have this? Because I was interested in a few of his other cards. Yeah. And so to have a, a supply of somebody with cool cards like Ken with that Trinity Rodman, you know, and yeah. Craig, I'm sure you met some people there, too, as far as soccer cards that you picked up. Now you have connections that you really can't measure with the cost. What One thing I'm just going to jump in. One thing I want to say about Jeff is so, so easy to make a deal with. Yeah. I mean, that's the best thing. Like I've made deals with Jeff before. So easy, you know, and it's it's not high pressure it's not everybody looking to try to get a dollar or three dollars or five dollars i mean it's it, it's offer you know counter offer and and right. maybe maybe one more piece of conversation but the deal is done there's a handshake there yeah. you know and that's that, one of the reasons i see jeff at a lot of the shows and i've made deals with him before and when i look in his case and i see something i really like and i, I made a deal with him at this last show i bought a card from him um and I just know it's going to, when I look in and I see a card in this case, I like, I just know it's going to be a, a real super easy deal. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And me and Craig were talking about this too. Ken, I'm interested to see what you think about it because we were like, and, and you have cards like this too, that you feel honored when somebody buys it out of your showcase because it encapsulates your style or what you also like. So you're sharing what you like with somebody, but see what you think about this because me and Craig made a few deals like this, but also with Jeff, he has cards that that's my cat. That? I'm sorry. That, that's the, that's the big cat. That's the big cat with a K. Big sorry. Cat. Top cat. So yeah. So when you look into Jeff's showcase, you find something that you really like, you know, like it's not like, Oh, ultra modern football or things that they're a dime a dozen. You know, if you collect that great and that's what you like, that's awesome. But you see the unique level of stuff like in somebody like Jeff's showcase or hopefully in, in ours as well when we were set up that you want to actually really be motivated. And he's also an extremely easy guy to deal with and very honest. 
but you're very motivated to get that card because the person has something that you really like that is unique, you know, like this. So you're like, Oh, I got to get that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know Jeff is another guy that has, does women's sports. Right. So that's why I like to go out. Like, I know when I see him, I'm going to find, I'm going to see some women, you know, some women athletes in, in his, in his case. Uh, and I, and I'm pretty sure the, well, I, um, definitely, I know the card I bought from him at culture collision was a uh, Brittany Griner. It was the Olympic, uh, pedigree card, which I, and it, it, they're autoed. Now I am, I, I, they're numbered to 25 and I probably have eight of them already. Cause I found, I keep finding them at different shows. It's one of those things. I just keep finding them and sending them off to grading. Right. So uh, maybe I probably own you know, close to half of half of those cards out there, you know, maybe it's saying that people just don't want them, but I, I'm excited to own those. Right. So, and I know, uh, you know, I bought some women's soccer cars from him too. So I just know he has, you know, for someone like me who I PC a lot of the women's stuff, he's just a guy that I, I when I see him, I get excited. I want to see what he's got in his case. And then he's got all that pop culture stuff too, which is kind of cool. So, and I, and I think that's what you're getting at. And I'm just confirming that is he's got such a great variety of stuff. And if you're into that kind of stuff, um, yeah, it's always fun to, to, to window shop. Now Jeff's got a lot of cool stuff and we see Jeff at shows, but I think the benefit to all this, we're talking uh, back to the theme of travel and the shows benefit is you just get exposure to different stuff. I love my local card shops. A lot of my shops, the shows, you know, the local ones, you see a lot of the same vendors, the same cards. So you're just paying for the opportunity to put get your eyes on different stuff. You know, is it worth it to go to national? I don't know about you all. Last year and this year, I booked my tickets, locked in for Cleveland. I usually go for two nights. So two hotel nights, flights, tickets to the show. Cost me about $5.50 total. Now, Karma, if you remember... I made that Jude Bellingham flip. Yep. Bought it for 500, sold it for a thousand. There's my trip right there. Mm-hmm. Even without that, though, again, the cost of that versus the type of stuff that you'll see, that's where I got a lot of my good Knicks PC cards mm-hmm. that I'm not going to find at my local card shop. So, again, does it make sense? Yes, because you're going to see a whole bunch of stuff that you don't normally see. And I can't wait for Cleveland this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That stuff. That's what we always talk about the stuff. I mean, stuff. And, it's and stuff. I don't know if you guys do this too, but you know, sometimes I just go, you know, you got like last year for the national Chicago's coming up, you know, sometimes you just, I just, you go into the, you know, your little, your, your PC or your showcase and you kind of look through your cards and you say, you know what? I think it's time I can move this card and I'll take a card and I'll sell it and it'll provide me the capital to pay for a trip like that. You know, where I could say, okay, it's my card money paying for my, and then I go out there, I turn a profit out there and I can go and in one way I'm turning that card into another card, but I'm I'm using it to pay for the trip before I actually go out and remake the money back, you know? So things like that too. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with the exposure, like at the national you were mentioning, Craig, the exposure to these cards, like this is the one that I came away with from National, the Larry Bird Flawless one-of-one one patch auto. And then I also had the triple auto, the rookie of Bird and Magic, and then Dr. J. And like you said, I would never be able to find those just like and have a chance to make a trade for them 
if you if you're not looking at all these showcases and you know 90 of them i say no to and just walk right past but those 10 that i end up finding like a jeff's cards like jordan who i got this flawless larry bird one of one or you know if you are at a trade night like the one with the wolf pack at the national and i come up on a father and a son who just so happen to have the card that i was trying to get previously of the bird magic and dr j triple autograph and now i have a chance to sit down meet them face to face gain trust trade with them in a fair way that not only are you not going to find cards like that that you're super interested in online most likely but also you're not going to be able to build up the trust to make a 5k or a 3k value trade online unless you already know the person you know and and you've built that connection so and now that can continue every time i see jordan i automatically like have a great thing with him because i got you know one of the top cards i could possibly get for my own personal collection off him and now we're just like chatting oh do you have any new larry birds you know what are you collecting you know it's great only at national now i don't know about you all when you guys go to local shows you drive right it's nothing hop in the car quick 15 minutes yeah see i don't have that luxury so if i'm going out to jersey and i got to get there on my own between the time and the new jersey transit sometimes that's not even worth it for me given the amount of time it would take me there mm. so right right if you go to a local show easy easy money yeah yeah i mean and you know i'll i'll present my expenses um good segue craig because as far as the driving now i wouldn't call this a local show because it's about a two and a half hour drive and uh I'm not factoring the ticket I got on the drive, uh, which was obviously my own fault, you know, trying to be honest here for the podcast listeners, because this is real life stuff. I'm, I'm going to expense that, though, to the Crosstown Cardboard account. So, you know, Craig, if you have $90, hopefully you can go 50-50. But I didn't count that into, into my <laughs> expenses to get there. So it was about $50 of gas, 300-mile uh, round trip. $50, let's round it off for the Hawks and uh, Dallas Mavericks game to witness Luka drop 73, which we dropped fewer dollars on our ticket than he dropped points. <laughs> so I, that's a good value. We, we didn't even pay a dollar per point. Because he had a big game. <laughs> right? That's point a good name for Luka. Big yeah, game. Point being more than uh, price of tickets is pretty wild. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's why they call him Big Game from now on. That's where you, you heard it here first. So trying to set those trends. So um, 300 was for um, the mileage. Uh, $50 gas, $50 at the game, $300 for the hotel that me and you split, Ken. And, you know, you got like Craig got the uh, stay with the in-laws and the points on the flight to cut down those costs that's a great way to do it if it makes sense for you oh shoot that was unintentional but if it makes sense you know take those benefits or if you're traveling go stay with the family i mean that would be a great way if you haven't traveled to a show to go to a show is if you can stay with the family perfect excuse to you know get a little alone time or get a little respite you know retreat to your bunker as far as you know setting up at a table like ken likes to do great excuse you know and craig is the master at that so that's you know a way to save costs splitting with a roommate 
And then I would like to mention, though, that splitting one table three ways like what we did is a pretty rare situation. Like most of the time, people want at least half a table, a full table. So we were generous, like giving each other space and having one showcase because Ken, at your setups, you would easily take up a whole table. I'm sure, you know, if it was your normal, well, you know, traveling, you know, now I'm flying. Right. So there's only so much you can carry with you. But yeah. a local show. Yeah. A local show. I would take up two tables because I'd bring all my yeah. value boxes and my dollar boxes and cases and all that. Yeah. Right. Right. So our so splitting the table three ways with three dealer badges. Oh, yeah, it was great. It oh, turned yeah. out great. Yeah. yeah, it turned out great. So that was a good, you know, 167. Was it, Craig? Split three ways for three days staying at one table. OK, so my total expenses, um, not factoring in food, which is a big one, but it was uh, 567 to, you know, drive there, stay in a hotel for a few days, set up, go to the Hawks game. And then if we're factoring in food, you know, you got to be close to 700, 750 because that steak dinner, you know, ran us over. But um, yeah, I mean, that's expensive if you think about it. That that money can just go quick. And the $30 breakfast I got at the hotel, that was really good, though. But I don't know. Yeah. I haven't figured out if that one was worth it yet. But I mean, that money can be gone in a snap, even if you're driving, you know, $700, $700 to... To do that, that's not jump change for me. Yeah. Look, it's a hobby. People pay for hobbies. You join a league. You want to play pickleball. Maybe you're in an art league or something. I don't know. An, an art league. Whatever, whatever your hobby is, you have to pay money to participate yeah. in these hobbies. This yeah. is really no different. Yeah. For us, at least. Yeah. People who are – People you know, travel. People right. travel for these hobbies. that They have hobbies that they don't – it doesn't create income. Right. There's more hobbies out there. They don't create income. This hobby just does for us creates an income. Right. Yeah, true. Uh, right. And so I now, mean, people just put that hobby money out and go do their hobbying thing and with no chance of making money back on it. So this is kind of a, you know, this is a special hobby where, you know, there's always, you know, trading and, and buying and selling a lot, a lot of things happening. Yeah. So ironically, I the whole mission of my card club is proving that you can participate in this hobby at, little to no cost mm -hmm. so that's what they're able to do i guess it's, you know obviously it's different for us yeah you definitely can do that and i think that also your card club kids craig could learn a sports card lesson from big ken because when i was listening to his podcast the most recent episode because i want to get his perspective on recapping the trip you know because we put out two parts of our own perspective and we're gonna by the time this comes out we'll have at least one part of the vlog featuring big ken in it and uh you know just recapping how's that looking I mean, good it's good it's looking pretty good i think it's around 15 minutes uh it's got a bunch of our deals including our second ever trade that we were able to do and that was fun you know some pickups what the show looks like some play-by-play -play commentary maybe i should get into that some some sports card commentary if this uh whole thing doesn't work out but anyway that's that's something that you know, will be out if you guys want to watch it on uh, YouTube as well. But I, when I was listening to your podcast, uh, Ken, I, you, you moved in silence like lasagna with, with uh, Lil Wayne, you know, that great line. You were selling stuff out of the value box that I didn't even notice. And then on your podcast, you're like, yeah, I paid for my trip with the value box, you know, 
cards between ten and sixty dollars, like that Travis Kelsey gold I sold while you were, you know, shopping out in the show, and it was twenty bucks. I was like, shoot, I would have bought that if I knew about it, you know, numbered out of ten. So yeah. I, I know you basically paid for the show based on selling those value box items. What mm -hmm. I'm trying to learn for myself is how do you get the deals to buy those cards to then be able to sell them for a good deal to other people? So I just hit the local shows. Some of it's ripping. Some of those I've ripped out of boxes, but most of them just came from local shows and I just buy them in, in a bunch. Right. I go up and, you know, a lot of the local shows, they have an eight foot table and they have those single cards laid out over the table. So I'll pick up 10, 12, 15 cards and just make a deal on them. Right. And then I'll go through really? and, and I'll I'll real I'll truly comp them because I know I kind of know what the values are and I know what people want. I mean, they want quarterbacks. And if you remember, most of those cards there were the 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 Stroud and the Richardson and the Levis. Will Lev, you know, it's it's what people were looking for at the show. Um and these cards, you know, were selling for 40, 50, 60 dollars, you know. And then when it got down to the end, there were the three, the five, the ten dollar, the twenty dollar, like a twenty dollar Kelsey, things like that. But, you know, some of those cards, like, I know it would make sense on those cards to send them out in grade. But we're pointing, oh, yeah. we're pointing because you just made sense, Ken. That's why yeah, I made sense. But if I don't sell them now at 40, 50 or $60, as the market becomes so saturated with those cards, which it already has, because I was at a show today and somebody was selling these cards at 10, 20, 30 dollars. And then I kind of pulled my phone out and I'm realizing, yeah, they, they, you know, just on a lot of these cards, like the prices are dropping because the market is so saturated with them. So it would make sense to be grading, you know, to say. And I know a lot of people are sending those out. I'm sending the higher ones out, but the lower end ones, it makes no sense <laughs> to, to, to grade them because if I can sell them and turn the profit now and some of them I'm doubling, I'm, I'm doubling up on the cards. You know, right. so it, it, it definitely. And when I said I covered it, it was kind of what I said here. I sold enough of the, those cards to pay. But if you went to how much profit I had on each one, it wasn't enough. But I had enough. I generated enough income from the show that covered all my expenses. Okay. Yeah. So, can you track so, everything? Can you track uh, yeah. everything? Like you're right uh, here. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I got you. You don't you don't actually write it down with all the cards you have, Ken? I you know what? I, I believe it or not, I, I was keeping a lot of notes and I have a good woman at home here who created nice spreadsheets for me and everything. And okay, uh, right. I I don't have that many cards now, but I do, as talked about, have 180 cards out at PSA. So when wow. those those cards come back, <laughs> I have a I'll have a spreadsheet on those to you know start calculating, you know, what what how that worked out. That's I did. Big... I did it last year. I count last year when I got ready for the national, I just spent from, from December, January, February, March, and just a little bit of April, just buying up football, PSA 10 football. Right. And then I, I marked them all what I paid for them. I, you know, pulled the marker out and I just wrote them all and I threw them all in the safe and I just left them there. And then I pulled them all out in July and I, you know, uh, changed out their little coat covers on it and brought them all to the national. And, you know, I figured out at that point 
This was up 30%. This was up 15%. This was down 5%. This didn't go anywhere, like that type of thing. And, and you know, realistically selling, right? Where, where are you selling? Every Most stuff, that, nobody's coming up to the table and say, oh, you want $100? Yeah, here's $100. I want the card because that was <laughs> that, that was the comp, right? If it's $100, you are getting $80 for the card, right? It just seems like that seems to be the norm these days. It's, you know... So you can't say, oh, you know, like I, I bought the card for this and this is the this is the current comp on it. Well, you're not going to get the current comp. It's going to be underneath. So there's a lot of there's a lot of in between on there, too. And that's the stuff that drives me crazy. That's the <laughs> stuff that you got to keep crossing things out and, add, and you know, and I'm like, you know, if, if it's just if it's working, just don't, don't don't try to fix it. Just let it keep going. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I'm. I mean, some people talk about buying a card and putting it away. You literally put it away in a safe and like a lock, you know, and let it hibernate for a while. But I think I'm I'm trying to follow in your footsteps with that, you know, picking up. Um, I've literally had it locked in my brain, big brain about, you know, what what months do I want to start picking up football? And you talked about this on your podcast, like, you know, March, April, May, start picking up the quarterbacks to, you know, and then by the time. The season's about to start, you know, the national time. So I'm curious, Ken, what percentage of comps, because when you get, you know, you walk up, and I know it's an inexact science, but when you're like putting 15 cards together and you say, here's this Kelsey Gold out of 10, here's this numbered Mahomes, you're definitely, you know, clearly a Chiefs fan, so good luck on Sunday. But what percentage of comps will you try to get to to make it make sense for you to buy, you know, 15 of 20 or 20 of these cards that let's say you buy them and then you sell them for a decent deal in the value bin. Yeah. If they're 15 or 20 cards, I'm getting them at 50. What what their value is, I'm getting them at 50%, you know, wow, maybe, maybe, really? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and dealers are happy to do that. They're happy to sell those things because for everybody it's for most people, it's just, they're just trying to pay for the day. They're trying to pay for their table. They're trying to pay for, and, and a lot of dealers I talk to, they love to rip wax. You go to these and you see people behind the table ripping when they're sitting with their kids. All right. They're whip ripping wax out and they're like, Oh, this is a great card. Put it in the thing and throw it up on the table. You know, we'll sell it and we'll get more, earn some more money and we'll go buy some more wax. Type of thing. <laughs> so, you know, you, I come up and, you know, if you're buying one card or two cards, you're, you're paying all of what the card's worth. Cause if so they're going to say, Oh, look, it, hold the phone up and say, look, the last three sold at 60, you know, you want to give me 50, you know, that's fine. Like that type of thing. But if I've got 15, 20, 25 cards at a busy show and I go through and I say, Hey, you know, you do like 60 bucks for all these or 50 bucks for all those nine out of 10 times they'll look through them and say yes. Or they'll say, uh, they'll come back $10 more or $15 more. And, and, and I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, because I know these are cards that I can go put on my table and sell and and not getting rich on it. Right. But it's just just making, make, make, you know, keep turning the uh, turning the cases over and the boxes over. So it's fresh inventory because that's really at the end of the day, if you're setting up as much as I am. You need fresh inventory because if somebody comes up, there were times early on when I was setting up and people would come up and they would look in the case and they'd be like. They look at me and they'd be like, oh, you were at Laz's show last week, right? I'd be like, yeah, how did they know? They looked at my case and they saw the same cards. Then, then they just walked away, right? And then I'm like, well, <laughs> that's, 
that's no good, right? So that just taught me something there, right? So try to keep turning that case as much as possible and, and hope that people feel like you're talking about Jeff, that they feel about me, you know, like he always has something cool in his case and he's easy to deal with. I mean, those yeah. are the most important things you want, you know, the attributes you want being a dealer to show. You want people to think that about you. Yeah. Amen. And it goes and it goes back to uh again the theme of the episode, traveling. The more you travel, you meet different people, you see that they're honest and have integrity, they see that about you, and then boom, connections are formed. Yeah, totally I gotta true. Travel. I gotta get to a West Coast show. You'd probably really like Burbank. You know, so I, I set up I'm there. Not, I mean, like we've talked I'm a about California guy. I like I like yeah, I like I mean, you mentioned the beach, you know, you're you're just going from Long Island to Long Beach. You See know, that it's not, it's not in Burbank anymore. That's in Ontario, right? Ontario, California. Yeah, yeah. It's at the uh, when I went, I think it was the Ontario Convention Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, a lot of people, I, I was going to say, a lot of people that I know that are going there um, have tables that I was always trying to get into that show, trying to get some space at that show, and now all of a sudden people are like, oh. So-and-so's got a table. So this guy's got a half a table. And so now it seems like, uh, you know, for whatever reason, people have space available now. So I think it's going to be easier moving forward just to get space at that show. But I know from East Coast to West Coast, the land in Ontario, California is very expensive. Because I looked up yes, I looked up flights. It was like almost $800 for me to fly from Connecticut to land in Ontario. But yep. If I if I landed in Vegas or I landed in another California airport, it was I don't know what is so expensive about that area, but it's yeah, it's just those regional airports, Ken. You know, it's like like I was coming from Medford, but thankfully I was in Southern Oregon, right there on the West Coast. So I would go. I don't know if it was a direct to Ontario or if it was Medford to San Francisco to Ontario, but I mean, you know. I, I think I was able to fly into there, but you know, that's a couple hundred bucks compared to, like you said, going all the way from New York to whatever, you know, bigger airport and then going to Ontario probably. I mean, mm -hmm. that makes a and big it, difference. It takes a lot out of you for a weekend show. Like it, mm -hmm. like a local weekend show takes a lot out of me. I couldn't imagine, you know, just going out to the, going to the West coast, just for a show, flying there and flying back. I would need two days of, to recover from that. I think. Yeah, a three-hour time difference each yeah. way, too. By the time you get adjusted to one, you, you go back to the other one. Yeah. But I, I liked what you said about, you know, getting stuff at 50% of comps, you know, when you buy a big bulk deal from another dealer or somebody like that. They could get card fatigue also, and you could have more patience. We One of our previous episodes, the payoff of patience, and you're like, you know, this card is cool to me. I'm a Chiefs fan or whatever reason, you know, it's a WNBA player like you also pick up and have pop culture. This is a Britney Spears card, like the one that you sold at Culture Collision. And so you might pick up those cards that other people think is trash. And to you, it's treasure to buy it at 50 percent. Like if I have to wait to get 80 percent comps on this, you know, for a couple months or, you know, worst case scenario, then you're fine keeping it and you're in it so cheap where it doesn't really go wrong for you. You know, and I even experienced that to a lesser extent when I went up to one of the tables at Culture Collision and I picked up like five different cards for probably 70 percent of comps. But it was stuff that I liked, like this one of one Caddyshack auto, this Billy Crystal auto. I got a Charlie Sheen also 
I got another card. And then, you know, this was the one that the guy really wanted to get rid of this Bobby Portis national treasures, RPA, you know, now he's a NBA champ, Bobby Portis. Once a Nick, always a Nick on the Milwaukee bucks and a Nick legend, as you mentioned, when I picked it up, but Ken, this guy couldn't sell this fast enough, you know, for like a decent price. I mean, you know, so like you said, it could be some of that. The beautiful thing about it is, and you talked about some of the cars that I had, and you used the correct word. You said they're like you think it's a treasure, and somebody else thinks it's trash. And that's the beautiful part. That's the beautiful thing about that. It is a right. treasure to me, and I don't care. I'll keep the card. If the card gets stale in my case, I take it out and put it on the shelf, and I'll leave it on the shelf for six months. And I hope Brittany comes out with a new song or somebody else does something <laughs> else, right? That, and then I'll pull it back out again. But if not, I mean, I I bought a Lady Gaga card that I I absolutely love, and I carry it around. Why do I put it in my case? I, it's overpriced in my case. I put it in my case because I'm hoping somebody else will come up and be like, oh, I have this Lady Gaga card, and they'll show it to me, right? Yep. When I go to these big shows, I bring my Mike Tysons. I mean, you saw everybody was like, oh, my God, look, these Mike Tysons are beautiful. Now, this show, nobody came up to my table and said, look at my Mike Tyson or I have this Mike Tyson for sale. But some at the National, I saw so many Mike Tysons at the National just by having those in my case. So, yeah, they are my treasures. And if you really want them and you're a real collector, we can make a deal. You can buy them. But if you think they're trash, I'm happy to. I'm happy to hold on to them, you know, and and it's funny because you see if you do this in a <laughs> people walk up and they look in your they're like, oh, my God. And you think they're looking at you know, your Mahomes or, you know, like your high end card. And it's and it's a Britney Spears like uh, <laughs> and they're like, they think it's the greatest thing they've seen. Right. And then you're like, all right, there's my people. You know? Yeah, Ken. Ken, you had a, a Jersey Shore card in your value box that somebody yes. really liked, and they wanted to gift to someone, and they were very excited about it. I remember I was trying to middleman it for you, but this guy wasn't willing to come down on it. No, well, he he made a very low ball offer, um, and I uh, I think uh, the the card. The, I don't know what the pop. It's a very low because the card is only numbered to seventy six. The boxes are from 2011 and you know, the, the, the card is pretty rare for, and especially Jersey shore. There's still, they're still making seasons on TV. Crazy. Right? Crazy. That that's happening. And, and, and he wanted to pay me like $40 for the card that I graded. Right. That was like, and I'm like, you know what? I'd rather keep the card than the 40 bucks. Yeah. There's a threshold where you'd rather yeah. keep it than sure. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Not like that basketball card that the guy couldn't sell fast enough, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Britney Spears and Bobby Portis, different level of popularity. But you know what? I, you know what I'm picturing, Craig? I'm picturing I'm picturing Ken like listening to the radio, and he's like, you know, Britney Spears, obviously an established you know person, but if she comes out with a new single, you know, and her value starts to rise, I'm picturing Ken. Oops, she did it again. <laughs> No, I'm just kidting. No, but this stuff is great. With, um, with the hand on my ear, too. You yeah, know, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's the big news pose. Yeah. I, I messed that up. But uh, no, it's great. It's great to, um, you know, and also our friendship is one of the things that, you know, is something you can't really value about traveling to a show. I mean, you know, get to room together, go eat dinner. It's like a summer camp, you know, with your buddies. And uh, 
And like you said, I, I love what you do, Ken, though, as a dealer, which I think if anybody's thinking about either traveling to a show to set up or to browse or just setting up at their local show, which is, you know, it's your 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 style of dealing is like a highway. You know, you have the right lane, the slow traffic, the stuff that you're fine keeping that you don't mind not moving. You have the middle, which is like the medium stuff that might move, it might not. And then you have the fast lane, the ultra modern quarterbacks, yeah. you know, that you move in and out. So you got the three lanes of the highway while you're being a dealer. Is that something that you think about consciously or is it just like I'm kind of collecting, you know, like the Mike Tyson that I yeah. sold to you, you know, that became like a collection thing. Is that something you think about as far as I want some slow moving stuff and some fast moving stuff or does that just happen based on collecting and being a dealer? It just comes from experience. It comes from saying uh, I wanted all I wanted was cases. And if I didn't sell if I didn't sell any graded cards then I didn't make any money for the day. But then I watched the people to the left of me and to the right to me. And some of them had value boxes and some of them. And then I started seeing what do they have in their case? And let me try that. Let me try emulating. And what what works for them? It's not going to work for me. But if I can keep, you know, figuring it out and changing it up a little bit, I've gotten to a point where I figured out I know my my value. I saw call them value boxes, but it's the lower end stuff, the stuff that's not in the case that I can pump those out and it puts immediate cash in my pocket, right? It pays for the table, pays for lunch, pays for gas and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and then I've got the stuff that it's a little bit more, right? So now I have to do some negotiate. Those are a harder sale. And then you've got stuff that are even harder, that it's more of, you know, a specialty that somebody, and we talked about this, like somebody, all these people could walk around the show and maybe one person in this whole show would be interested in this specific special card. Right. But I still put them in there because I like it. It's part of me. It's part of my history. It's part of what I like to do. And I could have a conversation with somebody over it. And I'm really hoping that somebody will say, I have either, I really want that card to finish my set and I would feel great about it. I'd say here, I'm happy to sell it to you as a collector because it's not a card. Somebody's just going to buy to flip. Or they're going to say, I have one like it. If you want, I'll sell it to you. And now I've got two of them. Right. Yeah. And I, I, uh, man, we could, we could talk for uh, forever, probably with the three of us, which we, I, I loved our conversations, which we obviously won't share here, but in the hotel room about the origin of Big Ken. This guy, Ken. Know. This is what I'm talking about. Ken, you're a G, bro. You're the, you're the, I said you're the cool guy. You're a G, bro. <laughs> You're, you're the coolest guy. In the I didn't mean to scare you, boys. <laughs> yeah, after that, I made sure his name was capitalized B and K every time. You know, we uh, we were talking. Hey, I, I, I was listening to uh, the you know the last two episodes you guys put out with your honorable honorable mention and the people that <laughs> you know and and Carmine. I was disappointed. What, what about happened? our kid? What about our kid from Trade Night with the bleaker hat and the curly hair? sit like the dog oh, sitting on that, the end of the that, day that, that the guy table. so you had more of an experience with the uh with the big don than i did you know because i just kind of heard about him you know but t <laughs> tell a story about the big don because he's on yeah, your all true. he's on your all culture collision first team oh all culture collision first team and like i the older you get it's harder to determine how old people are right but how old would you think? Because I'm thinking to myself, he was probably 12 to 15 yeah. years old. I would say like, yeah, 12 or 13, I would say. 
Yeah. So he's sitting at trade night. He's got a table on the end, right? And he's got he's got some cards out, but there's a whole line of people. And somebody had said to me that I knew and said, oh, that kid over there has got an Anthony Richardson auto, you know, over there. So I wanted to go over. So I'm standing behind him. I'm looking over his shoulder at the cards on the table looking for this. And there's a line of people. And some guy's like, there's a line. He tells me there's a line. And I'm like, what? He says, yeah, you got to get in line. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying. Like, why, why would I go get in line? He goes, are you selling him cards? And I'm like, no. He's like, oh, okay, you're all set. And the kid's like sitting back. He's like, what you got? <laughs> and he's looking. He's like, what do you want for this? He goes, oh, nah, nah, okay. He's like, next. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, this kid's my hero. <laughs> And, and we talk about, we talk about, we talk about like these kids learning these skills, the negotiation and the people skills and all that, and the value of money and making money. And, and I'm telling you what the skills, this, this kid had right there, he's going to be running a big corporation someday. <laughs> he, he was waving people off, like, ah, get this crap out of here. Like, who's buying that it, stuff? it sounds like this kid had hobby henchmen at his side. <laughs> how was, how, how was he? What, Craig Craig has a lot more questions than answers right now. Yes. So a 12 to 15-year-old, curly hair, wearing a bleaker hat, just bossing people around. And everyone was just going to him to sell cards. I need to they know. Were bringing the cards is. up to, to, sell him, to sell him cards. So it was an honor to sell this kid cards. <laughs> yeah. You know Chuck, Big Chuck. Yes. Right. It, you know, you go to the show, Big Chuck. There's always he's always got four or five people. You know, in, in waiting to sell him some cards it was sure. it was a, that's what it reminded me of. Well, the same it sounds thing. like this kid's a little more cutthroat. Chuck is more welcoming and warming. <laughs> so I said to him, <laughs> "I cut the line. I cut the line." Look at you! And wow. I, I said risky. to the kid, "I did said, you get, somebody, did you get stopped and frisked? I mean, with the security, yeah, somebody thing? said you got an Anthony Richardson auto over here, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah.' He pulled it out. And as he's handed it to me, he said it's way off centered and it looks like shit. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, it was so dim in there in that trade night. Like you could hardly yeah. see anything to begin with. I kind of looked at the card. I wouldn't even have known it was off center. I mean, I probably would have inspected it at the price he was asking, you know, a little better. But, you know, I, I passed it back to him. I said, yeah, I'm probably all set. But I just, I, I went, I, I got to chuckle a lot of it. I, I, I mean, I like to see these kids, the entrepreneurs, you know, they, they, yeah, it's, it's good. It's nice to see. Kind of reminds me of myself as a kid running paper, paper routes and mowing lawns and, you know, make, yeah. making money. It's the new age hustle is what it yeah. is. You're not shoveling driveways anymore. You're taking out your phone and calculating comps. It's just a little bit of a different era. Well, so, you figure the, the kid's making money, right? He's yeah, got to be making money. Well, he's obviously paying his employees to, you know, keep the line in order. And you know. <laughs> so I was curious, speaking of trade night, Ken, because you as a Chiefs fan, you know, at the time when we were at the show, the Ravens were about to play the Chiefs in the conference championship. And now, of course, we know the Chiefs won. But at the time, a lot of people were really thinking the Ravens were going to win and they had plenty of chances to do it. So you as a Chiefs fan, you picked up that Patrick Mahomes downtown PSA 10. Love that card with the ketchup, which I was shocked that we had to explain to a few people, clearly not Chiefs fans, about how much Patrick Mahomes loves ketchup loves and why that ketchup. was featured on a card. Clearly, it, it was well known. There you go. That's it. Look at that card, Craig, with the with the ketchup coming out from behind. Yep. I remember he got the it. wolf, the wolf super and the Dorito cool. chip. <laughs> super cool. But the move that you made that 
I was like, wow, you know, at the trade night, which you were saying you made a lot of sales at on your podcast, was the trade that you made for the Tom Brady auto on card. I think it was a, was it a five-star auto? Yeah. It was the five stars, 2014 five-star auto. And yep. you, I was like, what did he get? And can you hold that up again? It's the uh, Lamar Jackson rookie yeah. ticket contenders auto uh, numbered number to out of number to 25 yeah. on card auto, traded. BGS yeah. 95 with a 10 auto yep. traded. And was it like what? 700 cash from the Brady, you know, that the, that the kid added on. So he added the Jackson rookie ticket auto at a 25 plus like 700 and you gave him the Brady. Yep. Now you being a Chiefs fan, you you made almost like a not a prospecty play per se because Lamar Jackson probably a two time MVP now, but you made a bet on that and now it didn't pan out as far as the Ravens. But I know you weren't betting like you were calm as a cucumber, you know. After you made that bet, and I'm like, or, you know, got the Lamar Jackson, and I'm like, if that was me, I'd be a little stressed. Like, who's gonna win tomorrow? My team is the Chiefs, but I just made this bet. So why were you okay taking that on knowing the risk involved with like a, you know, $3,500 card like that? Well, the card recently sold, but just before in December, before the playoffs for like 3,300, I think it was like 3,280, 3,290. Yeah. So it must've gone card, up since then with the, with the playoff run. The card before that sold for like $5,500, right? Okay. So this person who had that had this card he came to me and he wanted five thousand for it my card my brady card had a five thousand but my brady card was truly more of a five thousand dollar card than his right i mean especially with his most recent comp at around three thousand now here's the thing the brady card i bought that you know i i traded with cash and i get into that card very good you know it, that was a card i i got into that very well and I got into that card because I'm here in, in New England and there's a ton, everybody's a Brady fan here. Right. And I figured it would be an easy card to move because there's a lot of big time Brady collectors here. But after I purchased the card and the big time, it was, it's a lesson learned. They said, you know what? That's a great card and it's worth the money. But if I put, I'd rather put the money out into another Brady card than that one. That wouldn't be my go-to. That's not what I would put that money out for. So that card has been in my case now for a few months. People ask me, what are you asking? And there's really no negotiation. There's really no sales on it. The last sale on it was over a year ago for $5,400 or $5,300, something like that. And then when this Lamar Jackson card came, I thought to myself, this would probably be an easier card for me to sell, to move. And not even if I'm not moving it, but even if I wanted to trade down, it would be a card that somebody would be want to take this card to Burbank or to Dallas or something like that versus the Brady card, which was, you know, you would have to find the right person to buy that card. Where here, I mean, here you do too, but this card, I think, was just more liquid. This this Lamar, you know, rookie was just more of a liquid card. So in my mind, it it made sense. And getting cash back on top of it, that that was a home run. It was all it was a no-brainer right there. You know. Yeah. That's a great you'll hold that Lamar. What's that? You'll hold that Lamar, right? I mean, that's just you'll wait at some point there'll be Lamar hype again. Oh, of course. But if not, I, I, I bought, I bought the card below the comps that it, it, it would, it was at before the playoffs. 
So if I, I, I wanted to, I could move that card very quickly. You know, that, that was my, that night after I did it, that kid came right over and he's like, I'll give you 3000 right now for that card, you know? And, and I yeah. said, no, I'll hold on to that card. Cause I think there's probably a little more, a little more room in that. And who, at that point, nobody knew what was going to happen the next day in that game and what was going to happen. So I don't mind taking a chance. Yeah. Right. And it's a calculated chance, like a very, you know, and plus you're getting good value back out of it. I think that's the key too. like, I loved what you said with the, it's kind of ironic, but the less established player has the more collectible card in that case. Like even if you're a Lamar Jackson collector, you're going to rather that rookie ticket, you know, iconic set, the contenders auto numbered out of 25 in a great grade BGS nine five versus a Tom Brady auto out of a less desirable set that five star, you know, it's not an upper class set, you know, I mean, it's still a nice car. It's still a Brady auto, but it's not as collectible for somebody who's already shelling out, you know, three, four, five thousand to try to keep something in their collection. So yeah. even though it's more of a prospect with Lamar Jackson, the card is more collectible versus a Tom Brady all time great, but less desirable card in itself. Ken, that's Correct. out of 23. Yep. The cr crack dice, 20, right? Uh, 25. 25. You talk about the Jackson card? Yes. No, it's not correct, Dice. It's the uh, contenders. Uh... What's the parallel? Because I'm not. I'm not that well versed in the contenders football. It's just numbered out of twenty five. It, it's it the like contenders a championship ticket. Championship. Ticket. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they do it with the tickets. That's right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Anything else, Greg? What What else you got? That's all I got for you. I did want to, I know I went long today, but I did want to plug uh, Bleaker, speaking of shows and stuff, because they're doing their monthly showcase spectacular every first Sunday of the month from 1 to 8 p.m. So I walked around the West Village today, got some pizza, went to Bleaker, met some friends. So that was fun. I'm going to have to meet you down there one Sunday for that. It, it's worth it because it's in a good neighborhood, the West Village. And, yeah. you know, you got good people set up. Jeff's Cards was set up today. Sharon Black, Jaded Wolf was there. But I had to mention that I ran into a common the podcast listener, Curtis. Yeah. yeah. Curtis is a friend of mine. And we were just chatting. He's got two young kids. He lives uptown. He was interested in my son, Mosaic PSA 10. Not my, my I don't have a son. My uh, <laughs> Mosaic Hunman son. He's a Tottenham forward. Gold Mosaic PSA 10. And he was interested in the car. But he referenced today when I saw him, met him for the first time, that he heard me say to you what I was into it for and what I thought I can get for it. Yeah. And he wasn't feeling the, the price. So I uh, shouldn't maybe reveal too much, but <laughs> I got a shout out Curtis. He was there with his two kids, which was great. He gave me a card club donation, a nice two row box. And he hooked me up with a gift. This nice Bernard King oh. jersey autograph card. Shout out to Curtis. That's awesome. That's cool. He's a listener, so that was a cool interaction. And th these are the types of uh, connections you make at Bleaker. That's why I love going there so much. Yep. Go to shows and go to shops. I think that's yep. two things that we established here. You know, traveling to shows doesn't make sense. I think the takeaway is really it's incalculable, the value. You know, financial value is one thing. And like you said, Ken, you know, you can't measure the entertainment the connections, whether it's to get a card or to make a new friend, the experiences in a city that you can't get without traveling and, you know, strengthening connections you already have in the hobby. And 
you know, we talked about listeners with the uh, two-part recap that we had previously about culture collision. I think that was the most feedback I got. And we hardly talked about cards. We more talked about the people. And Craig, that was a great idea for the uh, first team all culture collision list to name the five people with the most interesting stories. The handshake kid and the non-subscriber were like the two that's <laughs> still it's still funny just to even mention their name you know um but like that was the most feedback that i've ever gotten on um an episode before you know with 73 episodes to choose from before this one because it was so entertaining and it was so fun and it was social situations that you would never be in without it making sense to travel to a card show so stories for like it's the stories. It's the stories, man, with the with the cards too. I mean, you know, there there there's so many great things to pull from that. But what do you think about those uh, those people who we met, Ken? There were some zany stories coming out of that. Yeah, that was. I, I've been laughing because I was coming in. I was listening to to yours in the car, and I and as I was pulled in the driveway, I was coming in. Uh, it was the part where you were you were laughing because Craig said, you know, the guy refused to pay five X to get a five dollar discount to subscribe. <laughs> and I paused it. I came in, I was laughing, and Sherry's like, What are you laughing at? I'm like, you gotta hear this. I rolled it back, you know, like 30 seconds, and she was laughing too. Yeah, that was that was definitely a cool little segment. It was fun. Yeah. But you know what? That uh, these are the people you meet at shows. You and and you can't predict. You know what? What everybody hobbies differently. You know, it's there's there's some people that come in, walk through that show, never buy a card, don't own a card. They just like to look at cards, right? And then you got all the way up to somebody that comes in that can't walk by a case without buying a card, and then everything in between. So it, yeah, it, it's you meet all kinds of shows, and and they all mean well. They're all part of our hobby, right? And the hobby wouldn't go around without everybody, right? We 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 need everybody to keep it spinning. Yeah, yeah. human capital. Yeah, we, we, always, we always allude to that. Ken, that's all I got. What uh, what's your next show? Um, I am doing Mohegan. I'm doing the casino uh, shows coming up the end of February. I'm doing Mohegan Sun two days, the last Saturday, Sunday in February, and then the following week is Foxwoods Casino. Is the following Saturday, Sunday is the Card Vault show. So those those two shows. Um, I may, uh, if it makes sense, I may take my hockey cards to Toronto Expo and and move those up there. Um, and then we'll see. We'll see where it goes. You know what? I, I was talking to somebody today. I went to a show. I was talking to a dealer about the Nashville show. And I think that may okay. be the next yeah. show I might want to travel to. And I think that's pretty close to you, isn't it, Carmine? You could get yeah, there. That, that's not too far away. I think... Actually, when I was taking the uh, Penske truck out here, we stayed in Nashville. And you know what would be fun, Ken, is if we did go to that, we'd have to incorporate some of the extracurricular experiences. And we got to, I mean, I drove past, and anybody listening to Nashville knows this, the line of bars that are playing live music with the that country row there. I mean, it was, I saw three drummers back to back to back, like in the three bar restaurants. That would be really that would be really something cool. That would be, uh, yeah, you know. And I would be interested to see what the card selection would be like. It's five and a half hours, five and a half hour drive, which isn't impossible, mm -hmm. but 
Yeah. And I think it's like uh, he said today, and I was going to check it. Don't hold me to it, but he said it was 750 tables. So wow. that's, that seems like an awful big show to not go to at least once. Yeah. Yeah. True. And maybe even, maybe even get a table. Okay. Well, we'll have to talk about that after this one. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Ken, thanks for hanging out with us here and hanging yeah, out with us. More, more importantly, in real life, hanging out with us. You know, I mean, yeah. those are. Those well, you are know, things. I I do have to say this, and and I appreciate I appreciate you guys because, you know, you guys know I have kids that are your age, but when I'm hanging out with you guys, you don't you don't make me feel like you know I'm somebody's father, right? You make me feel like I'm just part part of the group, and 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 I truly appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Ken. And also, when you, tell us, when you tell us stories about your old days being big, Ken, you put us in line immediately. You know, we, we know where we know where we, we know that we, we, we're the ones in line and you're the little kid saying next. Nah, you know, yeah, we know yeah, where yeah. we you know where we stand. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, that was great. I mean, really, I think we talked a lot about, you know, traveling to shows, the cost and that there is no cost, you know, for the value that you get personally. But to have you drop knowledge as somebody who sets up as a dealer so often, I think was really, really cool and, you know, hopefully meaningful and valuable to anybody tuning in. Until next time, what do you, what's your outtake, Ken? Do I get to go or do I have to wait till you get to one and zero? I see, I see your little fingers going over. Oh, there. no, we don't count no. down. We just do peace. So no, I was going to let you do the I'll outro give you a piece tonight. I'll, I could do my outro myself. Peace, guys. I appreciate peace. this. Peace. Peace.